Well, you only live once, maybe not And this life right now might be all we've got So let's contemplate the hereafter While we speculate with some laughter About this grim thing that happens to us all After that final curtain call But before you take that final breath Let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and I, well, I had another close person to me die recently. Got the news um, the way we do now, you know, through a text message, and uh, it wasn't really a surprise. Um, In fact, it was somebody who... uh, I quite frankly thought had died already. Last I'd heard they were in hospice and uh, hadn't heard anything back from their family members. Um, Anyway, that's a long story. But uh, when I got the text, it just made it real. You know, and this is this is somebody who has been in my life for shit, 20 some years. Um, It was actually my mom's husband uh, who started off as a family friend. And that was uh, also just an interesting, complicated relationship, whatever. But um, his name was Bob. And uh, in fact, he came to a few of the haunting, uh, the haunted Saginaw premieres. Um, you know, it was kind of a father type figure. You know, he'd been in, been in my life since I was early 20s, like 21 or something. And uh you know, it was, uh, I mean, technically he was a stepfather, but I didn't look at him that way. It was just always just Bob. And, you know, he kind of he kind of started declining in the last few years. But mostly I wanted to just kind of bring up what happened, you know, just as a reminder that, yeah, it happens. It happens to everybody. And he, you know, he was such an impact on my life. Uh, I mean, he helped me change tires and he helped me you know, uh, uh, work on stuff to house and just, just various different things, you know, and, and I hang out with Bob and go run errands with Bob. I mean, he was like, he was a member of the family, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was just interesting to, to, to get the confirmation because it was kind of like it had gone as a unspoken thing because again, his, his family somehow they, I don't know if they got caught up in coronavirus or who knows what, but we just hadn't heard. And then uh, uh, his younger son texted uh, uh, one of my sisters and we got confirmation that it had happened. And we knew it was happening soon. Uh, again, you know, he went to hospice months ago, like three, four months ago. When usually that doesn't, you know, people don't last that long there. But he, yeah, apparently he lasted a good four months or so. But I, um, is the air on? Hang on. You're going to hear all the flaws. My air conditioner just kicked on. That's the beauty of recording at home. I thought I turned it off. But, you know, why not? We'll just leave it. As you can tell, and as you've heard, I'm just letting these things roll. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to do a shout-out to Bob. I figured a posthumous shout-out. You know, kind of a thanks for being there, Bob. You know, I love you, guy. But, uh, yeah, it's part of life. So today, 
my guest is Deanna Klustra. And Deanna has uh, been through some crazy crap in the court system, uh, particularly the uh, custody court system. And through her meanderings of going through all that nonsense, um, she has seen the seedy underbelly, so to speak, of certain uh, systems and has really kind of... Uh, well, she's, she's come around to help people. She's got uh, uh, a website that will help people uh, with being able to maneuver some of the things that she was able to maneuver herself. But, um, yeah, she basically discovered the hard way that there are not quite so legit uh, or up and up, if you will, um, you know, on the, on the, <laughs> the, the honest level tip of people in the court system, you know, buying custody, selling custody. And if you're wondering what that is, you're going to learn more about what that is here in this episode. Something I wasn't aware of. You know, I I knew that there are legal systems, um, people who are on the take, if you will, uh, people who have been railroaded through the system. Uh, I talk about a friend of mine like that. Uh, and it's sometimes it's a case of who you know and what you have to offer, etc. Shouldn't be that way, you know. We have a we have a legal system for a reason, but uh, it's definitely flawed. We're starting to find that out more in recent years as well, you know, especially with current events going on. So, but anyway, this is my interview with Deanna Klustra, and I I got to say it's an eye opener. So yeah, I uh, just reaching out because uh, you know I um, like having people with different backgrounds, uh, uh, and uh, I guess if you could tell me a little bit about yourself, so we can have the listeners get to know who you are. I'd like to get to know you better, and just tell me where your uh, where your life has been and where you're headed. All right. Well, I started out my life kind of early. I met my husband when I was about seventeen. Okay. Um, we ended up having a son, and then we got married, and we had a couple more kids, and during my third child got divorced. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up until I went through my divorce. So it's kind of interesting, like things can happen to you and then you're like, oh, I think this is what I'm going to be. So I went back and got my degree because I actually wanted to help parents who were in the family court system and going through all the craziness. And so um, I actually am um, considered like a divorce coach or a legal domestic abuse coach, which a lot of people don't understand what that is. So that is, Legal is the court system, family is family court, and abuse um, is the family court system of abusing the family. Interesting. So I deal with people who have high conflict cases in family court and the craziness going on in family court. So I got divorced in Michigan in 1999 um, okay. is when it started and had my um, third child, my daughter, and then in 2000 was divorced and then um, tried to get away from a man who was abusive who didn't want to let go that's yeah that's abusive relationships are i mean i've never been involved but i i've had family members who've had some um and it's uh it's a tricky situation and it sounds like uh 
yours was even more than just tricky. It got dangerous yeah. it seems. If yeah, if you've got somebody who yeah. doesn't want to let go, that 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 throws a whole another monkey wrench in the, into the mix. So, uh, so continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. No, that's fine. So I um, I went back and I got my degree, and my former spouse ended up actually getting custody of my kids. So I had a personal protection order against him. I family court judge had actually signed the personal protection order. She put a guardian ad litem in our case. The guardian litem was doing some things and was saying he was a great dad, which I, when she said that, I was like, well, like something's going on here. Wow. I got very quiet. I didn't know what was going on. Um, she um, wanted him to have custody. I'm like, are you like kidding me? So the judge agreed. So the mm. judge, you know, gave me a personal protection order and then turns around and gives him custody, which is yeah. quite interesting in and of itself. And um, I actually had a friend who worked for an attorney. He's passed away now, so I think I can say this. She worked for an attorney, and he had threw away the domestic violence handbook, and she pulled it out of the trash and, and brought it to me. And the two women who had wrote that book, that um, you know, domestic violence uh, information for judges, one of them actually was on the friend of the court domestic violence um, team that my guardian and litem was sitting on. And in it, it actually states anybody who's abusive is not supposed to have custody, let alone unsupervised custody of their kids. Yeah. Well, and that's the, so, the PP, the personal protection, and then turns right around. That's that's almost as if saying, okay, you won the case, but we're going to give everything to the other person. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, there's a reason for that. So when he got custody of my kids, you know, I wasn't dealing with kids who had anger issues. I did have some health issues that I was taking care of, um, but once I got that healed, I was able to start researching. Um, so anyway, so I start a blog, so I get my degree, he gets custody of my kids towards the end of my degree. I start a blog, um, it was called um, Abuse One. It was based on the story of the ugly duckling. And it's really interesting because I would say to women, um, you know, they're like, I abuse one, I don't get it. And I was like, based on the story of the ugly duckling. And it, right away there was like a click and they understood they got the whole thing. They, they understood exactly what it was about. So um, that was in like 2008. Mine was the third website for non-custodial moms. Wow. So I started researching. Yeah, it was great. Now there's all kinds, but it was the third one back in 2008. And um, I started researching when my ex-spouse got custody and everybody kept saying, follow the money trail, follow the money trail. So when I followed the money trail, I discovered that the guardian ad litem in my case was married to the vice president of a bank. My former spouse's divorce attorney's law firm was in that bank. Okay. So basically, they just met in the back of the bank and the guardian ad litem and her husband sold my ex-spouse custody. Gotcha. Is what happened. Yeah. So when I put this out into the media, they were not very happy with me to say them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? So, you brought light to it. That's a good thing. I'm glad you did. That takes a lot of guts. Yeah. <laughs> so in Michigan, I am quite well known, especially in the town that I'm from. Pretty much every attorney knows who I am. They know who my guardian ad litem is. They know who his, his uh, you know divorce attorney was. Everybody pretty much knows my case. So... Um, <laughs> And then with my website, the abuse one, women know me from all over the world. I'll, I'll have women that, you know, will contact me and say, I've been watching you for years. 
Um, so I'm quite well known all over the U.S. Um, it kind of bothers me. I don't understand how these people who are very famous deal with fame because I don't deal with it well. I don't like people coming up to me. I know who I am and I have no clue who they are. Yeah, um, yeah. That kind of bothers me. Yeah, I'm trying to do some videos on my uh, divorce um, coaching page, but I have a hard time doing videos when people can see me. It just it, it bothers me. Um, you know, maybe try like I know it sounds almost kind of like a simple answer, but seriously, just do PowerPoint. Do um, you know there are services that you can do like those uh, those little animated videos. I mean, of course, with this topic, that could be a little yeah. bit almost I don't know, kind of the wrong flavor that you're looking for, but you know, PowerPoints, <laughs> things of that nature, that way your face isn't out there, but you can at least be heard and you can at least, you know, continue helping people, but do just videos yeah. of that nature. But, uh, well, I'm just trying to be brave and get out there and just trying to do a video. But, um, so anyways, when I realized that, um, custody was being sold, I realized this wasn't a mother father issue. Um, you know, I realized it was, uh, about custody being sold. And so when I went back to get my degree, I have a bachelor's degree in human services. Okay. So um, I can counsel people. I've worked in a level three and level four facility with kids. So when I, you know, exposed all this stuff, I shut down my website and I moved to a different state and kind of took a break. Wasn't sure really what it is I wanted to do. Um, you know, I work with kids and my kids have been concealed from me. I haven't been able to talk with them now that they're older. They don't want to talk with me, which... Oh, I understand how the whole abuse thing works because I have a degree in it. So I under I understand and I get it. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really sure what it was I wanted to do. I was working with kids, which worked out great. So, you know, for holidays, I would always work and give staff time off. So I could go spend time with kids and kids who couldn't spend time with their parents on a holiday. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of worked out, out nice, you know, um, and I love kids and working with kids. And then I've kind of moved around. I'm not sure I... Michigan's cold and dreary and I hated it there. And so <laughs> I've been trying to hang out in some warm states, but I've been in a flood, a hurricane, and then I like to say a blizzard of uh, 2019. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I moved back to Michigan because I was in Hurricane Harvey in 2017 and left last year and moved to another warm state. Um, and so um, I'm not sure, probably not going to stay here. I'll probably be moving again. Yeah. But, um, I so believe in one of the things I did. I, I was just gonna say I believe in the the possibility of mobility. You know, I we yeah. we've owned a couple houses and we've gotten burned by them, and now I refuse to buy another house because I like the idea. You know, I've been I've been trying to move out to Colorado for years, and part of the problem was the house. And you know, and mm -hmm. I've mentioned this before, but be, we honestly had to just let it go because of financial issues. And it was like, you know what? That was the best thing that could have happened because now if we get tired of Colorado, we can move somewhere else. We can move wherever, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, yeah, being mobile. I like being mobile. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Yeah. So I enjoy that. I, I like meeting new people and hanging out and learning new things. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I like being mobile. I don't have a problem with it. And I travel by myself. People are like, really? Like by yourself? I'm like, yep. Sure do. So I always, I always tend to have a married man who wants to come with me, and I just have to like stress. I, I, I ride solo. <laughs> so Wait, I don't know how I find them, but usually he's like, "I'm gonna go with you." No, you need to just stay right here with your wife and your kids. I gotta go. Wow. No, but you know, crazy. You, you're talking about being brave enough to do videos of that, but you travel on your own. That's I, I wouldn't travel on my own. I mean, there's so many, 
you know, not just the safety issue of it, but the, you know, all the different other factors, you know, just flat tire or an engine blows up or, you know, no cell, cell signal and you're in the middle of the desert, whatever <laughs> kind of thing, you know? So, but, uh, no, that's, that's, I mean, well, well and, and you've, well, you, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, I grew up in the country, so I can change a tire, you know, I can do a lot of that's stuff true. anyways. Yeah. And then the fact that I've worked at these level three and level four facilities, I'm trained in like three different takedown techniques. I gotcha. Okay. Explain, so, explain yeah. so a level. Like, oh, sorry. Uh, explain level three no, and level four. I'm curious what that, what that instates. Okay. Okay. So level four, I worked at a, a mental institution. And so I worked with kids and they were like locked down. So it's like cement walls, steel oh, wow. doors. Kids aren't allowed to like do anything. Like we would have to get their stuff if they wanted hygiene products or whatever. We checked out them. I think it was like every 10 minutes we had to visually see them. Um, you know, so we would go in their room and we would check on them. Um, and yeah, they can't freely go places. So, you know, we might go to the gym or wherever. Um, if they did had good behaviors, we could go on an outing. Um, and then, a, so that's a level four, like you're locked down. You can't do any, anything. And okay. then a level three, um, I actually did in a camp in the middle of Tennessee in, in the middle of the forest. Gotcha. So that's more okay. open. The, the kids can go freely. They're supposed to kind of stay on the campus, but some of them wanted to run, you know, so they would run and we'd have to go find them. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes we didn't find them, but yeah, that was more of like a level three where they could go. And then um, I moved. So I was in the middle of the forest. I was like, peace out. I'm headed to Houston. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not warm enough in Tennessee for me. So I go to Houston and five weeks later, I'm in Hurricane Harvey. So I have to go back <laughs> to Michigan. Um, once I'm in Michigan, I have $150 to my name. I looking for a job and my friend starts telling me, um, he had started a business and he's like, if it got slow, I was going to drive for Lyft and Uber. So I started driving for Lyft and didn't make a lot of money, hooked up Uber. So I was driving Lyft and Uber nice. and then got my job working with autistic kids. With a what? So for, with autistic kids. Oh, autistic kids. Okay, great. Yeah. So for the last three years, almost three years in October will be three years, I've been working with autistic kids, um, kids with autism. I go into their home like after school or if they don't have school excellent. and um, help with behaviors and help teach them. That's excellent. My, my son has so, Asperger's and I know they, they classify that as just on the autism spectrum, but it's, you know, it, it's for those who aren't familiar with it, it's more high functioning, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love, I love when I hear of people who work with autistic kids and people on the autism spectrum in general, because it's close to my heart. So that, that's, that's awesome that you do that or did that. Yeah. Yeah. So I still do that. I enjoy doing that. And then, um, so when I was in Michigan, I happened to, um, meet a mom who has been through the divorce system in Michigan as well. And she actually had started a mom's business with like 40 bucks and a yard sale computer and grew it to the point that eHarmony bought it from her. Wow. So we have become friends. I call her my business guru. She kind of gives me some advice and things like that. Um, and so she was running for a political campaign. So she was very crazy busy. So I said, okay, well, these are some of the things I wanted to do. So what I did was I created several blogs that deal with different aspects of the family court system that I had been wanting to do. And so I did that, and then when I moved in July, I, add, I added them all into, like, one website. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of confusing, but so there's different aspects to family court. 
excuse me. No, it's fine. So, um, so there's different aspects to family court. So when you're dealing with family court, you tend to end up dealing with child protective services because it's the same judge in both of the cases. I have a bachelor's degree in human services. So, you know, I understand about, I could be a CPS worker, you know, but I refuse to work actually for the government. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I also help those parents as well. They call me, I do coaching services for them. I'll straight up tell them what's going on in family court. And because I am talking to parents, um, you know, I kind of know like what's going on in the family court system. And it's not happening like just in Michigan or just in California. It's kind of like all over the U.S. Yeah. And so a lot of times I can guess like maybe what the judge is going to do or if you do this, you know, do that. You know, I try to explain how their lawyers' hands are tied. The last time um, I talked with someone, their attorney was going after my judge. So if you happen to have my judge in Michigan, I actually do coaching services for free. And um, we were talking and she had a lawyer who was going after the judge. And I had to warn her. I said, look. This, this attorney is going to do a 360 on you. Don't be surprised because what will happen is judges will send out child protective services to either their home or out to a family member's home. And next thing you know, they're going, oh, wait a second. Let me not go after this judge. <laughs> so, and that happened to her, her. Her attorney ended up doing a 360 on her. And then all of a sudden, you know, didn't even really want to work for her anymore, um, <clears throat> which makes sense. I, I mean, I've been there, I've been through it. I get it. I understand it, you know. So, um, but a lot of people haven't been through it and don't understand it. And I was, um, I have a Facebook page that I have, uh, people on that I kind of, who are advocates, I guess you can say kind of with the family court system and child protective services and stuff. And I went on there and I said, um, nobody realizes that children are committing suicide because family court. excuse me, are selling custody and giving abusive fathers custody. And a woman came on and she says, oh, the teachers in Holland do in Holland, Michigan. They're aware of it. Um, Which I thought was really interesting. So the more I'm doing this, I'm finding kids who want to commit suicide or who have committed suicide. My kids wanted to commit suicide too because I'm trying to teach them, you know, the right way how you're supposed to do stuff. Dad's kind of manipulating them. They're stuck in the middle. They're miserable. You know, they don't know which way to do, which way to go. And then they're just unhappy and they want to commit suicide. So my counselor at the time had said if my kids want to commit suicide, I needed to take them to a mental facility, Um, you know, which I did. And it didn't turn out well. Um, But eventually I was like, I need to do something for these kids. Like there's no help for them. Nobody really knows what's happening. Yeah. So Michigan actually has a high suicide rate of children um, in like grade school and up. And they're trying to figure out why and they're trying to research it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I'm sitting here, like I know why. Yeah. And they're getting funding. I'm, okay. So they're getting funding to study this. And I'm like, Oh, they're going to get funding from title four. Um, D or Title IV, which actually is Social Security, which is actually all of us pay into. And you know how they keep saying how there's not going to be any money in Social Security? Oh, yeah. There's not because they're taking it out and using it and giving judges and CPS incentives, and then they're using it for research, and eventually there's going to be no money because they're sucking it dry. So you're paying into this. Your judge is getting 401k kickbacks for it. Child Protective Services is getting money for this. And um, in reality, they're going after your family and taking your family. So you're paying money for retirement into Social Security 
they're taking it and using it to take your family members' kids and keeping them from you and putting them in foster care where children are being raped and killed and sold into human trafficking. And and that's, I that have crazy. heard, yeah, I've heard that that kind of nonsense is happening. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's disgusting. And what, what I don't understand is how, how this is able to continue <laughs> and how people are able to, you know, and, and, and you know what, I've got another question for you. When you've got an abusive okay. father and they're a, I, we can swear on this podcast, so they're a piece of shit. I'm just going to say it. And they, you've got an abusive father. What do they have to gain? And and maybe I just answer my own question here. The only thing I guess they have to gain of of taking the kids, because if they're a piece of shit, they probably really didn't care or weren't really involved too much at, to begin with. It's just to hurt the mother, I'm assuming. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, they're exactly. Yeah, it, they they don't really care about the kid, and therefore the it, it causes that cycle of the kids thinking they're of course bad mouthing the 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 mother and making the kids hate the mother, and then they're be, still mm-hmm. being abused. And yeah, God. No, it's kind of interesting because if you met my former spouse, you would think he was the nicest man, and he would hurt a fly on the wall. No, well, that's that's how a lot him. of you think he's a great guy. I can only imagine. That's I I. Anybody who I know who's been in some form of abusive relationship, it's always behind closed doors. Yeah. Or, or quite often, I should say. I, yeah, I had a counselor, and it was really interesting because she would say to me, like, these guys will come in. They'll be like, they will ask the counselor, you know, do you need anything to drink? Can I get uh-huh. you something? Can I shut the door nice and polite as can be? And then goes home and beats the shit out of his wife. Yeah. That has always stuck in my head. Always stuck in my head. And it's true, and that's exactly, you know, what happens. And so when you're going through the court system, they'll go and they'll tell people how bad she is. My ex-spouse had 41 people report to Child Protective Services on me, didn't know me, didn't know anything about me, just from what he's saying. And, you know, he's reporting on me. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. And then I get a degree in it where I could be a Child Protective Service counselor or, you know, gosh, people tell me to take kids. But I refuse to because I understand how the system is working and how it's illegally working. Well, in, in our court system, I, I got a friend who got railroaded through the court system simply because of the connections of the prosecuting attorney to the judge, to the cop, to the all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you've got well, people who have financial gain, of course it's going to continue. Yeah. So let me kind of, I don't want to get too far off the subject, but I actually have been uh, researching a human trafficking human trafficking ring in Michigan that goes all the way to Arizona and I've connected it to, I don't know if you've heard about Paul Peterson in Arizona. Mm-mm. He was um, an, a government attorney and he was human trafficking women from Malaysia, pregnant women from Malaysia and selling their children here in the U S Jesus Christ. And he's from Phoenix, Arizona. And I've kind of got this whole human trafficking from Michigan and there. Um, from Michigan, from Arizona to like Michigan. And Michigan, I think it's like one or two right now in human trafficking. And here's the thing about Michigan a lot of people don't know is there are tunnels underneath because they mine gypsum, which makes plasterboard. So they mine that. So there's all these tunnels. If you go to Grand Rapids, Michigan, there are tunnels underground where there's like underground garages and the doors open up and they go into the tunnel. Wow. I didn't know that. And people aren't aware yeah. yeah, and people aren't aware of that. So a lot of human trafficking is done underground. Um, so my, what I think happened is like the mob over in Detroit, kind of like room Detroit, 
Mm-hmm. They've moved over to Grand Rapids and they've gone underground. So Grand Rapids is beautiful. They talk about how beautiful Grand Rapids is. It's great and wonderful. I think it's on like the top five or ten places to live, to move because it's so beautiful, mm-hmm. which it is. But all the corruption is done underground, so you don't ever see it. You don't ever see it, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's... yeah so you're not seeing it. People don't even know that it's there. I'm not going in any of those tunnels because I will never come back out. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I've researched, you know, where they're at and some of the things that are going on and and happening. So, yeah, you know, your local media doesn't ever talk about anything that's happening underground or even mention that it's even there. Well, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And well, and and I uh, I've got a guest that's going to be coming on soon who is actually a victim of uh, trafficking twice. Uh, she was on mm-hmm. uh, my friend's podcast, uh, uh, Coffee Over Suicide, um, and uh, that's how I reached out to you was through his uh, uh, connections and that uh, that I, somehow you guys have been in contact or whatever. Uh, anyway, um, you should be on his show if you haven't. I think this would be a great subject. Um, but uh, uh, and yeah, most people who are in trafficking, I think she said because I listened to her episode on his show, and it's like the. The average age is only like it's under 20 when when they die or mm-hmm. commit suicide or they're, quote unquote, used up and then they're just discarded kind of thing. And I mean, it, it, that's that's, you know, no question. That's where a majority of the missing children are going. Yeah. And what's interesting is I don't remember who did it, but somebody's come. someone has come up with a figure that a child is worth three hundred thousand dollars a year to a human trafficker, which is humongous. $300,000 a year. I couldn't believe I was blown away. But I'm sure that's the money that they're making. But what? You know, uh, go ahead. I, I just got to say, what kind of sick fucks do this? It just blows my mind. And you know, you know, it's people that on the surface are mm-hmm. upholding citizens. You know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're the, you know, the mayors or the, uh, 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 the, yep. the on council or whatever kind of stuff and behind closed doors, they're a freaking monster. So here's the thing. I have, um, I started, a, um, I've done another blog. It's called Cases, Court Assumption Secrets and Education for Success. I haven't really had a chance to do a whole lot to it. Something happened to the website and I re-put it up there and I kind of changed how it goes. But if you go on the Facebook page today, I just took up articles of CPS workers, judges, um, police officers, whoever are caught in like human trafficking, Human tra- just they go to jail because they've been actually caught and indicted for something. And then on the on the web page, I changed it and I did like a little meme and I kind of talked about it. So you have your politicians make like two hundred thousand a year, and then it goes over it's like a circle. So then it goes over and it goes to like your teachers, your coaches, your oh, police God. officers, and stuff like that. I mean, if you look at that, if you look at there's like thirty people human trafficking. They're coaches. They're teachers. You know, it's like wow but if you think about it they don't make a lot of money our teachers don't make a lot no, of money they they've got like a hundred thousand dollar student loan you know that they're yeah. trying to pay on plus they've got credits that they have to do every year you know and so then somehow they get talking to human trafficking and who are they selling the kids back to the freaking politicians the politicians that it's are like yeah, a nice little circle that are not funding their schools in the first place mm-hmm, exactly <laughs> yeah. now have you have you heard of adrenal chrome uh, no, I haven't heard of that either. Okay. I'm no. going to let you research that because you'll probably want to barf it. I'm kind of done reading it. And how do you spell it? Really you. Um, I'm uh, adrenal chrome. I think it's A-D-R-E-N, I think it's A-L, and then chrome. Okay. 
If I'm you gonna... punch that in, it should kind of like come up and yeah, you can read about it. Don't do it now. I do it later. Yeah, I'll do it later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, do it later. <laughs> we'll end the podcast. Now I must I'm assuming it's some form of, I mean, is it adrenal gland related? Is it some kind of like uh, uh-huh. uh, endorphin? And children. And children. Um, yeah, and children. Okay. Do I want to yeah. Google something like that? Well, you probably should because you want to be aware of it. So you, well, you yeah. You yeah, know but, what is going on. But I mean, I just don't want, you know, it, it to be all like, you know, flagging weird shit on my browser. <laughs> So, so well, yeah, just well, yeah, we'll leave that for another time. If you yeah. want to discuss that more, we can do another show. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> so, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google oh, it. Yeah. I'm gonna Google it because I do I do want to know this because this is something that people I I wasn't aware that it was as prevalent until I heard that episode. You know, and I want people to ah. be more aware of this. I mean, because you know, I knew yeah. that it happened. You know, and 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 and, and it's a. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that you think of that happens in other countries, third world countries and, you know, overseas and you don't expect it to happen oh, in no, your backyard. It's happening right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm, it's happening right here. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It just. So, um, so I'm trying to figure out where I was at in my story. <laughs> um, <laughs> you were, you were talking about, um, uh, geez, I, I got distracted by the adrenaline. Okay. I started about from... child protective services and yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I decided I wanted to do something to help kids out who, um, so they're, you know, so they're selling custody is what they're doing. And it's kind of interesting because I've lived it. And now I have this degree and I understand I can put patterns into place. So what they're doing is they will take whichever parent and they try and make them out to be the parent. No matter what I did and I went into court, I was like this bad parent. No matter what he did, he was a good parent. If I had him in a lie... The day we would go to court, it would disappear. We, you know, they decided they weren't going to have court over it because they couldn't have him look bad because they're selling custody. Yeah. So if you were to go and pull my stuff, I've actually had lawyers say, you know, there's a lot wrong in your case. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, but if you go and pull it, it makes me look like I'm a very bad mom. And it makes it look like he's just this great dad and wonderful dad when actually he's not really that great. And if you have a personal protection order, um, you know, now they're, they've got laws where if a man's abusive, you can take the dog with because he'll beat the dog and the kids too. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, my judge here, you know, signed the order, gave me a personal protection order, and then turns around and gives them custody. Yeah, that's that right there should raise red flags with the judicial system in general. But if you've got corruption all the way up to the top levels, they're just going to uh-huh. they're gonna sweep it under the carpet, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, we, we well, messed I'm, up a little bit. You know, we got caught, but no one seems to care. <laughs> and, and so that's one of the things, too, is where I'm from. One of the judges is now a Supreme Court judge. So now I'm going to see, well, you go to the Court of Appeals in Michigan, and, you know, if your case is denied or whatever, and you go to the Supreme Court, they're going to get you there. Yeah. You know, so, and and I ended up representing myself. So it cost me $20,000 to get divorced from this lying attorney. And I said, is this lying mother effort can do this? I'm going to represent myself. Yeah. So I represented myself for 17 years. And did I win? No, I was never going to win because they sold him custody. So at least I didn't spend another 30000 or more. I mean, I thought people spend $100,000, a million dollars. It's crazy. God. I never get any results. Don't get custody of their kids. Their kids, you know, have been sold. And. So what they do is they'll put the parents against each other yeah. to the point they have no money left. And then next it'll be like the grandparents will step in because the grandparents don't want their kids to look like an abusive dad and then, you know, trying to plead them. So they're just trying to suck and get as much money out as they can. 
and then eventually will sell to whichever parent has the most money or grandparents have the most money, and then they're making they're making good money, you know, uh, through the family court system. So I actually wrote an article um, about what if your um, attorney was related to the mafia. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, I wrote that. It's kind of interesting, and it's all about Michigan and stuff and, um, you know, kind of my research and what I've come up with and what I found. I don't have anything in there on the human trafficking yet because I'm still hoping more pieces will come together. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is just my research, but until I could get, like, a court order and someone can go in and look at financials, I really can't prove any of it. Yeah, yeah. That, well, and that's the thing is it makes yeah. you wonder why financials haven't been scrutinized. Exactly. But so here's the thing. I have in my cases, I have an article on the cases page, the Facebook page, where an attorney had put um, cash for buying custody in a case of beer and took it to a judge, which was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, I kept telling people, you know, they can sell custody because I see it down my thought about it. They can sell custody. What they can do is they can go to a parent and say, here's an account number. Every month, go pay on this amount of money. And once it reaches 10 grand or whatever the figure is, you know, we'll make sure you get custody of your kids. So next thing I know, um, Wells Fargo comes up with where they had created all these accounts, all these, you know, banking accounts. And I'm going, oh, is this like an account they've given to someone to put money into? And then once it, you know, it's gotten to a certain point. So I'm just like, okay, well, (laughs) I don't know if Wells Fargo did that. That's what's happening. But, you know, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, well, they're 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 dummy accounts that are just used as a placeholder to fill it up with the money, and then they probably they probably turn that account over to somebody else or whatever, and then just cycle them around so they're not tied to any one person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then they get their money, and yeah. So I mean, I'm sure there's several different ways that you could oh, do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest, and it doesn't have to be financial. It doesn't have to, or it doesn't have to be cash. It could be. I want a new, you know, pole barn. You could build that for free. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I want, you know, so in other words, it's like, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Or they've got a yacht paying my yacht. Yeah, totally. My home, my cottage. Buy me that car. Exactly. Exactly. You cover my car payments on this vehicle for the next, you know, Mm -hmm. seven years or whatever, and we'll call it even. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, of course, when you've got people who are able to manipulate the system or you've got people who are in power, you know, it, it's kind of like that classic story where you hear of, you know, people who are being abused and it's like, no one's going to believe me. I'm going to, it, it happened to you. No one's going to believe me. Yeah. I'm going to tell them you're the bad guy. And if you try anything, I'll take your kids away. And that's what happened to you. That's what's happening mm-hmm. to everybody mm-hmm. that is getting a victim of this. And it, and it, and it comes down to, you know, people who are in power, who are abusing kids, same kind of thing. You mm-hmm. do anything yeah. and I'll kill your yeah. parents. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, it, and yep. it's, it, it's just people suck. You know, it's, it's because they told everybody that I was crazy, you know, oh, yeah. and I was angry. So I had a friend who was from New Zealand and she had known the mayor. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with the mayor. I don't like the mayor. I don't look. So she goes back to Australia and he throws her a going away party at her number one, like big hotel, whatever. So I go to it, you know, I want to say bye to her or whatever. And I'm sitting there talking to his, um, I'm talking to his secretary. And she's like, I feel like you, you are just hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, I ran for county commission the year before I think it was. And she's like, oh, no. She's like, I don't know where I know you from, but she's like, you're just so hilarious. You're like, I just love you. And I thought tomorrow when the mayor tells her who I am, Uh this woman's going to just hit the floor. Because, you know, people here, I'm this horrible person. I'm a rotten person. I'm mean. I'm angry. I'm blah, blah, blah. 
And then they meet me and they're like, she's smart, she's intelligent, she's hilarious. <laughs> and then they're like, wait a second, something's not quite right here. So it's, it's kind of been an interesting journey. Um, you know, and then I've got the degree on top of it. So a lot of people, you know, will try and part of the reason I got the degree is because a lot of people will try and attack me. It's like, yeah, I kind of know what I'm doing. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you didn't have the degree, then they'd have an easy, low-hanging fruit excuse yeah. to say, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. that's that's a good exactly. call. So, but it's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 so I am. Um, it's amazing how good. the victims become the bad guy in so many stories. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I started, um, so since I represented myself, what I did was I went home, I um, made a template on my computer, and I started representing myself, and I couldn't believe how easy it was. I was like, what in the world did I pay this attorney for? <laughs> like, seriously, I could not believe how easy it was. So I wanted to help parents, um, I wanted to help women of domestic violence, and I actually created this court journal, and it was for women who were going to go in and talk to their counselor, and I ended up using it for myself, and whenever I wrote like a press release or I did a motion or I wanted to write um, a report because I was working with the agency, mm-hmm. everything I needed was in this court journal. It was absolutely amazing. I, I created my own product and I loved it. Nice. <laughs> I created it, I used it, and I loved it. It's kind of amazing. Hey, any of these links, women, any of these websites and huh? links like that, you know, the, 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 the blogs, the websites, the links, any of this kind of stuff, give me that information and we'll put it in the show description. You know, because I'd like to have people to be able to have access to this stuff. Okay. Um, So I'll tell you that in a minute. Perfect. So so what I did was I'm taking, I try and get winning motions or appeals. And what I'm trying to do is take out all of um, identifying information. And Mm -hmm. so you can buy those. They're in a Word document. You go in, you take out what doesn't pertain to you. You add what pertains to you. you. So I went to the Michigan Court of Appeals. It took me two weeks to write one appeal. You can literally do it in 24 hours. Everything's all set. You know, the page things, if you add stuff, you might have to change the page numbers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But it's pretty much all set for you. And you can just buy it. I try to make it as cheap as I can. And eventually, when I get enough hits on it, I'll be able to do advertising so that I won't have to charge for it all, which is my end goal. Yeah, Um, yeah. But I also uh, created, I wanted women of domestic violence if they had no money to be able to represent themselves. And I created a family court motion guide to show them how to be able to do that as well. Um, and so I I saw that on that site too. But um, when I put all these websites together, I put them under what I call Art Salt. People are like, Art Salt, like what does that mean? Yeah. It's my last name backwards because the family court is backwards. So my last name is Klostra, which is <laughs> K-L-O-O-S. C-R-A, yeah. and art salt is A-R-T for art and salt, S-O-O-L-K. I like it, but it's got a, it's got a nice ring to it, so. Yeah, and it's different, so hopefully, you know, people will be like, it's art something, you know, so. Well, it almost you know, looks people, like it's hopefully, art school misspelled or something. Yeah, yeah, it does, so, yeah. but it, yeah, but it's, you know, and people are like, I don't get it, you know, I'm like, it's my last name backwards, because the family court system is backwards. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so if you go on there and you'll look and, you know, if you wanted to, like, represent yourself, you'll click on it, talk to a little blurb, blurb and then I'll send you to my um, to my blog. That's awesome. So that's where they're all hosted is right there on that one, and you can go to all of them. And it's interesting because when I start seeing the same people are, are liking this Facebook and that Facebook page and this Facebook page, I'm like, oh, they found my art self website, <laughs> and they're just going to each one of the pages. 
and I have a lot of educational information, you know, on there. And I will tell people, they'll call me for a coaching session and I'll be like, you know, have you read any of my stuff? Because you need to go on there because you're going to get so educated just reading all of my blogs and the stuff that I've wrote on there, you know, and then give me a call back, especially if they don't have a lot of money, you know, which is usually by the time they reach me, they don't have a lot of money. So I'm like, go on there. You're going to get a huge education, you know, and if you want to represent yourself, you can do that as well. And I keep trying to tell people it's easy to represent yourself. I couldn't believe how easy it was. I really don't understand what these attorneys were there and what they do and what they're for. Yeah, Other I, than that they work for the court. <laughs> yeah, right. I wouldn't have known that. I, I just assumed that there were certain, you know, formalities, kind of like uh, almost like the nonsense b- building licenses and things like that, where you have to have to build a shed on your own property, you know, that kind of garbage. I figured it was a formality mm-hmm. that you had to go through because, it's you know, it, it's I'm of the mindset where it's like if you own a couple acres, you should be able to put up a pole barn without having to go get approval to do it on your own property. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like yeah. getting approval to hang, hang a painting in your living room. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's kind of like, OK, whatever, you know. So I just all these years assumed that was the case that you had to have an attorney because otherwise it wasn't, quote unquote, you know, uh, rubber stamped official kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, no, that's that's good to know. Even that right there, knowing you can represent yourself. And, you know, and of course, they're always advising people you don't want to represent yourself. Of course, in major cases, you know, murder and things like that, it's probably not the best idea um but in this kind of thing when you've got no options knowing that you even have the option to represent yourself is a is a huge piece of information that people just don't know i would have never guessed that well yeah and i wrote an article so what people don't understand is if your attorney goes in and they're going after the judge one they're going to send cps after your kids or relative kids (laughs) And two, you want, you know, you want to get a good reputation. And really, when you're an attorney, when you win, that's kind of when you're going to get your client. So you kind of want to be nice to the judge so that way you're going to win. And if you're giving them extra money because you're selling custody, you know, they're kind of on your side on top of it, you know, so you're in good with the judge. So if you're in good with the judge, you're selling custody, you've got a client, you know, you've got the two fighting or making, you know, making good money, you know, um, when you go to get a divorce, you lay down your assets and your attorney saying, okay, they have a hundred thousand dollars. I can get 50,000 because he's going to make 50,000 or 500,000, whatever it is. Yeah. And so then they just get them fighting till they get to that point. And then they're like, okay, I'm not going to be able to make any more money. I'm going to drop the tape. God. And in the meantime, they've that milked that person dry. Uh-huh. Yep. And the person's still not anywhere. The abusive parent probably has custody or they're trying to stop from the abusive parents to have custody. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting how it goes. Well, and, and I love, I've always had a problem with that whole justice is blind because it's not, you know, yeah, it's, it's not, not impartial. Absolutely. I mean, that, and, that's and what I tell people is they've got their game plan. They know what they're doing. But when you start representing yourself and you start throwing stuff in their game plan, now they got to work. Now they're yeah. going to work. You know, and they got to try and figure out how to get around you, how to manipulate whatever it is you're trying to do. And I'll come up with some pretty freaking creative ideas for parents if they're willing to, you know, go through it and to do it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, isn't so. there some kind of like clause where I can't have my friend represent me because they're not a lawyer or is that is that not the case? You can. There's, um, I think it's called the next the next next friend or something like that. Okay. It's like a clause where you can have a friend represent you. Yeah, you can. Because I, I had a friend who, he's in fact, I, I had three close people 
uh, to me die within a period of four months. That's what got me started on doing this podcast. Got me thinking. And uh, anyway, this guy, he didn't have a degree, but he had a, he was one of those guys who had a ton of credits, but he was always smart. I mean, he was, he, you know, we're talking like 150, 160 IQ kind of guy. He just knew everything and he could have been a lawyer. And we talked about him, you know, representing if I ever needed, like, uh, uh, I think there was some whatever. And we were talking, toying with the idea of possibly going and doing something, you know, where it was being litigated. And, uh, and he's like, well, I can't necessarily represent you. But then it was like, but under certain circumstances, he could. So I'm wondering if the reason why I bring that up is I wonder if you could build some kind of association that where you and other you know, uh, women in, in this particular situation could help represent each other. Because let's be honest. Yeah, you it's it's easy to represent when you when you a have the information, but b are able to present you know there are some people who yeah. are who are very timid there are some people who don't speak very clearly mm-hmm. there are some people who are just let's be honest not very educated and i'm not talking about you know officially yeah. educated but they're just they're just not smart you know i'll, I'll put it bluntly yeah. and, and i know like, women who are intimidated you know by the judge and their ex who's abusive and they're you know and they're intimidated by them you know and i was i went and i knew something was going on i was pretty much quiet and i have a mouth so i knew my my judge one time threatened to put my put put me in jail and I ended up actually using that on my website they kind of backfired on her and then I was going to meetings she was on boards I was showing up at board meetings looking right at her talking about her in a board meeting that she's sitting on um she she took me off her case saying that I was harassing her you can't harass an elected official they work for you that's exactly (laughs) it that's exactly it yeah, you know, so I'm showing up at, you know, all these meetings she's doing and everything else. She got scared and left at one of them at one point in time, but I was running for county commissioner and nice. she was on this committee for the county and they couldn't ask me to leave because then that's going to hit the media. It's going to be huge, you know, so they couldn't ask me to leave. But so she left because she was scared half to death. I'm like, are you worried I'm going to do something to you because you've concealed my kids? You've sold custody. You've done all this stuff. You should be a little worried. You shouldn't even be walking out on the street. That's <laughs> There's a saying, there's nothing more dangerous than someone who has nothing left to lose. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, I became like an expert. I printed, At one point in time, I had her social security number. I knew her address. <laughs> wow. knew that I knew everything. I knew her where she lived. I enjoyed her church on top of it. I mean, yeah, she was flipping. Wow. But wow. it's all public. It's all stuff I can do. I can join her church if nothing says I can't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So... <laughs> so so, so, um, so anyways, what I did was I ended up creating a site for children, um, who are giving to an abusive parent. And then usually what happens is the other parent is concealed. So most of the time it's the dad who's the abusive parent, but it's not always, it's not always the case. The no, absolutely. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, these children are concealed from the other parent who's kind of like trying to protect them. Who's the loving parent. So they don't get to see them. They don't have anyone. They're living in hell every day. And so what it's come down to is these children have a a choice. They have two choices. They can either commit suicide Mm. or they can take on the Stockholm syndrome. And basically what they do is they take on the plight of the parent. And, um, you know, I will have mom say to me, like my kid right in my face, you know, before they left said that they hated me. They hated my guts. And I have to remind them, like, look, because your kid did that, they're going to have a week of no hell. 
dad's going to be rewarding them. He's going to be praising them, you know, because they did that. Their week's, you know, their week's going to go nice and smooth. But after that week's over, it's going to go back to the way it is. You know, anytime they say something like that to the mom in front of the dad, or even if the dad hears about it later, they're rewarded. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes it's sick, but yeah. it makes Which, sense. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and then the DMS four is now um, they're diagnosing it as a mental disability, or yeah, like a mental disability or whatever it's called. That this is actually happening. So they now have a DSM code for it when it's being happening to the kids. Okay, so they they got it. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and there's several names. It's called like PAS, Parental Alienation Syndrome. Um, there's several different names for it. People just keep quoting all these different names. And the new one out that's this year is uh, called Vengeful Father Syndrome or Vengeful Parent Syndrome. Yeah. Um, which everybody seems to like that term very well. Well, it, it says so, right what it is. You know, there's yeah, no mistaking. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it's. It's so sad and it's so sickening that the kids get caught in the middle and it's like, what kind of, again, piece of shit father or, again, sometimes mother will do would do that to their kids? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, to use them as a tool just to hurt the other person, you know? For my benefit, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck your life up and I'm going to fuck their lives up, but I get to feel mm-hmm. like I won. Uh, mm-hmm. It just, yeah, people... You know, and I hate to be so negative about people, but damn it, it's hard. Yeah, but then, you know, you've got a wife who figured out, you know, what happened and never thought that she would ever figure out what's happening and what's going on and, you know, knows what's going on at your work and the things you're doing at work. And (laughs) so, you know, it's got to suck that your ex-wife knows all this stuff, but and nobody's doing anything about it. You know, they listen to me. Or, you know, it's funny, I'll start talking about stuff and the next thing, you know, everybody else starts talking about it, you know, but I'm the crazy one. So I, exactly. It's it interesting. Well, I mean, it, it, there is there is something, though, when you've got a narcissist type of manipulative person who's able to, you know, play people. And and let's be honest, if you've got if you've got two kids on a playground fighting and the first one that goes to the teacher is usually the one who is not the bad guy in this situation. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. when you've got somebody who's manipulative and they know that and they know how to work with that and they're able to play those games and they're able to do that. And I'm not saying that you would have if you had the opportunity, but they know that that's how it works also. So they get the upper hand automatically. Yeah. But this, the thing is, too, our court system knows this. You know, they can stop it, but they don't because they're trying to sell custody and they're making money. And they're making you know? money. So I was a stay at home mom. So, you know, I didn't have any money and he got a really good job. So there he had really go. good money. You know, there's no way I was ever going to win, but I'm going to tell you what, I fought tooth and nail and I'm sure I bugged the hell out of them, you know, and I've made them look bad. And now I'm, I'm actually out of the system as of 2017. And now all of a sudden I've got all these websites that are popping up and I'm not going away. I don't plan on going away anytime soon. I just keep going and keep, you know, doing my thing. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that's really interesting is because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty spiritual. I don't really talk about it and I'm, I am a cusser and a sailor. And, um, I, you know, I've tried, people have talked to me about it and I've tried not to cuss and swear. I don't do drugs. It's very rare that I drink. I don't think I've ever been drunk. So I, to me, that's, that's my sin. I'm like, okay, I'm not perfect. That's my sin. I cuss and I swear. It helps me really stress. That's it's absolutely. Like, you don't like whatever. Well, personally, you know, it's just I'm, I'm a word. Perfect. It's a word. But it's, yeah. you know, it's a good yeah. accenting word. You can, you can really give emphasis when you, you know, I like it. I like the words. Yeah. I, I use them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so I don't, you know, I'm pretty spiritual. 
people don't actually know that. At one point in time, I used to speak and it would happen. And people were getting very weird around me and were getting upset with me. Um, but, you know, I, I'm very holistic. I do holistic healing stuff. And when I, I couldn't find any help for these kids, I sat down and I said, God, I want to do this site somehow and help these kids. I don't really feel like I'm helping them as much as I really want to. But I'm like, I need something out there to make awareness. And um, so I just, I kind of sat down. I'm like, what am I going to name this? And I'm like, well, you know, these kids are unloved in custody. And, um, you know, they want to die every day when they're there. And that right there is actually so unloved in custody. I die every day is the acronym for suicide. And that's how I came up with the name for it. It's called wow. Someone Loved in Custody, I Die Every Day. Um, and then parentheses, suicide. That's di- that's deep. What 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 is the, yeah. uh, is that the name of the blog itself then? Yeah, so that's the name and it's at blogspot.com. Okay. But if you go to the artfolk.com, you should be able to get there. Okay, <laughs> so they they're can, all connected through they that. They are all connected to that. Yeah. Cool. I'll put that link, I'll put that as yeah. the main link on the, uh, 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 the description. Um, that that's so un oh that is that that is deep yeah um but it makes sense it makes total sense and that's uh mm-hmm. you know and and I gotta say something I mean the 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 podcast is let's laugh about death but we got so caught up in this in in, in what you're talking about <laughs> I almost forgot about it you I know? told you yeah no <laughs> it's you. uh it's it's just like wow so but I mean you mentioned you're you're talking about reaching out and helping other people and 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 reaching out to God so I'm. I'm assuming you do believe in a higher power. I believe in a higher power, whatever the name is, whatever the source is, whatever the, you know, whether it's the universe, et cetera, et cetera. So let me ask you this then. Speaking of all the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the kids that are doing this, you know, the suicide and, and, and just people in general, where do you think we go? What do you think happens? You know, it's kind of interesting because my mom passed away in 2012. Okay. And... Um, probably like a couple weeks later, I, before I went to bed, I just said, mom, you weren't really happy here on earth. And if me thinking about you keeps you here and attached to this earth, I don't want to do that. I want you to be able to fly. I want you to be able to be free. You know, you're finally free from here. You know, I want you to be able to fly high and do circles and do whatever you, you know, dance if you need to with Jesus, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, I woke up the next day hearing my mother's voice actually telling me goodbye. Wow. So I thought that was quite interesting. So now whenever I think of my mom, I'm just like, you know what, mom? I love you. I miss you. Go do your thing. Go fly <laughs> high. You know, have fun is what I do. And I just recently, someone had put something on Facebook and I had read it. And it was a father's child had died and he was having a really hard time with it. And he went into this dream where he went to heaven with his son and his son had, his son had this candle. And the candle kept getting blown out and he couldn't like move on because the candle light kept getting blown out. And he's like, dad, every time you keep thinking of me, my light keeps getting blown out and I can't move from here. Which was kind of confirmation. Like maybe I, I got it right. Like, you know, just love you, mom. Go ahead. Do your thing. Yeah. You know, um, so it kind of reminded me of that. And then, so when I went through my divorce, that's kind of when I started getting spiritual and I turned towards God in my pain. Um, I never really went to church a whole lot growing up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when I turned to like deal with my pain. And so I've never been to church. So I really didn't know about God. And whenever I did go to church and hear about God, he was like this mean guy who would do vengeful <laughs> things to you. So I kind of started doing my own study on God. And like I said, at one point I actually could talk. It would happen. It was, it was getting very weird, but I have learned that two times in my life, 
I have had this energy of, I guess the only way I could describe it as being high, but I've never been high, so I don't know what's the same as being high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but where I just have this amazing energy, I can't even explain it. Um, the first time that I had this, I went to my divorce. I was reading the Bible. I had started this um, Bible study group with a girl I had met. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember how I had met her. I think I met her at like a parent group or something with divorce and stuff. Um, but anyways, we had, I think it was like 10 people. I think there was 10 meetings and everybody had cried. It was down to the last meeting. I hadn't cried. I'm not a crying person. It's very rare that I cry. Mm-hmm. And we had went to this girl's cabin. Um, she's like, let's do our last one at my mom's cabin up on Picker Lake. So we went up there and I was sick. I had this cold, you know, like sore throat. You could tell I was sick. And so we're sitting there and this guy looks at me and he says, I have never seen anybody who is sick. He's like, you can hear it. You're coughing, you know, your throat, you obviously have a cold. He's like, but you are glowing. Like you're healthy and you're glowing. He's like, it's very weird watching you. (laughs) So then we sat around in this circle and we were doing our things or whatever. And then it got to me and then I ended up starting crying. I don't remember what I was crying over. And I looked up and I said, the crying circle is complete. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, do you realize all of us has actually cried but me? And now I've cried the last day, the 10th day of whatever. And so like our crying circle is complete. This, you know, and it was the ending to it that was complete, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another time, um, I had this, I, I'm going to tell you what, I had some energy. I would come, I was going to church at this one time. I come out the church and I'd be hollering like, woo, woo. It was kind of <laughs> crazy. And um, now I don't have a lot of energy, so I'm thinking about, like, I want my energy back. How do I get this? But um, the first time I had it, I went to this. I I had a holistic chiropractor I've been probably seeing for, like, maybe 10, 20 years. He was kind of like a dad to me. Okay. And I went into him one time, and he says, wow, you just look really good, you, you know. And so he does his little arm thing, and he does his kinesiology, and he says, on a scale from 1 to 10, you're a 9. He's like, you cannot get any better than this. You cannot feel any better than what you are right now. And I was like, really? And he's like, do you know what 10 is? And I was like, no, what? And he's like, 10 is being dead. <laughs> so I'm always, you know, I, I don't ever want to tell this story because I'm always worried that, you know, people are like, well, you know, when they want to commit suicide, they're yeah. pain, they don't feel good, you know, and for them to know that, say, I just want this pain to stop. Yeah. But, you know, reading the Bible actually stops it. And that's how I heal my PTSD. I used to have PTSD and I tell people, you know, I got, cause I was studying, I was in so much pain. I was studying in the Bible and I would wake up and I would have the stuff going through my head of court and whatnot, you know, the things he did, threw this around, smash this, whatever. Mm. And I would start reading the Bible and put me to sleep. I'd wake up in four hours with stuff. I, I mean, I'm waking up with this stuff already going through my head and I get the Bible out. And I'd start reading it and I'd go back to sleep for four hours. That's how I got eight hours of sleep and healed my brain from post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. That's, I mean, because if, if I met you without knowing your backstory, I had, I would have no idea you went through any of this. I would have no idea you have any yeah. issues going on, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's. But I have. I have not like, how did you live through this? How did you survive this? I mean, because I've got women who are going through the same thing I did. And they're like, how are you happy? How are you cheerful? How did you survive this? You don't get to see your kids. How are you as healthy and as well as what you are in doing all this stuff and have all these websites and helping other people? Like, how can you do it? And that's the only way that I can do it. And then the fact that I have a degree and I've studied how abusive men work and the way that they do things on top of it. 
Um, you know, I understand. I get it what they're doing with the kids. I get what my ex-spouse is doing with my kids. I get, you know, what this guy's doing when the, you know, to the kids when she, he, they tell mom, oh, I hate you or I hate your guts in front of dad and they go get in the car with dad. Yeah. I get what the kids are doing. I understand it. A lot of parents don't understand that, haven't done the study and the research that I've done. And, and honestly, I never thought of it that way, but it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. They're like mm-hmm. you said, they're rewarded and they have they get at least a little bit of a break for a week and then they get to go see a movie and go to the park or have okay. dinner out, et cetera, et cetera. And then yeah, it's back to normal. Yep, yep. And then it's, you know, another back to normal and they have to do something else in order to get, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. And mm-hmm. and it takes a monster to not see that that's what they're doing to their kids. Yeah. You know. Yep. Or someone who just doesn't give a shit. So, yeah. So yeah. that is our family court system and how they're making money and all that. And you can read us on Adrenal Chrome if you want to. And we can do a whole nother <laughs> issue on that. But I don't know. I I'm think afraid. we both probably end up getting sick. <laughs> I'm afraid to. I really am afraid to. But I'm going to I'm going to Google it yeah. because I owe it to myself to know what the hell other monstrosities I don't, I, yeah. And, you know, there's another mm. another thing, too. I don't know if anybody else has realized this, but because I'm in it and I research it. So there's a lot of um, people who are being human trafficked. Mm-hmm. Traffic, trafficked. Tra- and then traffic. there's organizations. Yeah. yeah. So there's organizations set up to actually help that. And then they turn around and they re-traffic. They're human trafficking all over again. That's. Have you seen this? Have you noticed this? I've heard the, the person that I was referring to earlier. They said that they were quote unquote rescued only to be having, yeah, to have the same thing done. And it wasn't from an official organization or anything like that. It was just other individuals kind of thing. Um, but, okay. uh, but yeah, that, so tell, tell me a little bit more about this. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but because, you know, I'll, I'll read some articles on it or whatever. So I kind of up on it, you know, and, and like reading those, it's when I realized like, gosh, there's a teacher, you know, there's a sports coach. There's a police officer. I'm like, what in the heck? You know, so that's kind of how I've realized that. So I'll kind of like read an article or something. And a couple of times I'm now reading an article where, yeah, they're human trafficking. And then a company or a business has started to like help them get out of it. And then they re-human traffic them again. So this is actually happening a lot. Um, I moved to the South last summer and I was with uh, my landlord. Actually, he had a cabin that we were going to. And um, I was driving his little truck and he had a big truck with like a trailer on it with stuff. And we were taking it up there and we stopped at a gas station. So I ran and went pee and he was on his phone out and doing something. And then I, I paid for like something to drink and I was standing there waiting for him. He was getting some food and this guy is looking at me. Okay. And cause I do um, behavior health. I watch behaviors. I can mm-hmm. read people's body language and stuff. And this guy is looking at me and it's not like a, Ooh, she's hot. It's a, Ooh, I could human traffic her the first time I've ever, ever in my life had somebody look at me that they could human traffic to me. And I was like, where's my taser? Where I put my taser? Did I bring my taser? I, I got to get my taser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, I mean, when men are looking at women going, ooh, I could human traffic her. Um, and then it probably would have failed anyways because I'm like in my 40s, almost 50s. So that when they found that out, they'd be like opening up the door and kicking me out. I was like, it's not like 20 or 30. <laughs> Yeah, so, 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 but that was weird. I mean, you know, men are looking at women like that now. Ah, uh, that's so gross. Crazy. That's gross. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, and, and I've, I've said this before. I am lucky that I don't have to try and find somebody 
as a woman to fall in love with because mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, I, I just, let me just put it this way. I get that saying men are pigs because I, yeah. I, I know <laughs> most, I mean, let's be honest. Most problems are caused by men. I'll admit it, you know, um, when it comes mm-hmm. to social type stuff, at least. And, um, <clears throat> but knowing that they're, you know, as a single person, a single woman, you got to wonder if I mean, well, hell, my 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 uh, um, my wife had a friend who she fell in love with this guy, man of her dreams, and then literally the night of their wedding, closed the door and said, "Now I own you." And she mm-hmm. was in a scary, yeah, and 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 placed mm-hmm. like put like pipe bombs in the yard and booby trapped so she couldn't mm-hmm. leave, you know. Yeah. And it's like that's scary as shit. Uh-huh. And it's like that, and this is the kind of situation that these women are finding themselves into. And and it's like, and unfortunately, in defense of the nice guys, the nice guys don't always get a chance because it's uh-huh. the douchebags uh-huh. and the assholes who are the ones that are able to schmooze and aren't able to, you know, uh, 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 get women to fall for them. And it's just like, uh, you know, the fancy car or, you know, the the whatever it is they happen to use. And I'm not saying it's always the jock, <laughs> the jock rich boys who are doing yeah. it, you know, but they're able mm-hmm. to play the game. And then it's just for their own benefits, you know, and, the, and while the, in the meantime, yeah. the, the nice guys are left in the dust. You know, and it's like you have no idea who you're missing. I was I was that nice guy <laughs> until I met my wife, you know. So, <laughs> but, you know, I haven't dated, I haven't dated in like five years and I try not to tell like men who I am so they don't research me online because I'm all over online, you know, my yeah. haters are on there, all my stuff's on there. And, you know, so much of my personal life is out there. I try not to really talk about my personal life, but you know, um, the thing is I've moved like four different times to places I don't even know anybody. So they're like, when I get, when she gets mad and men know they're going to mess up, it's not like I'm moving across town. I'm like, I might even move to another country because I'm looking at moving to another country. Yeah. They're like, you know, I'm going to have to fly there to try and get her back. So they're like, I don't even want to, I don't want to deal with that. It's not worth that. You know, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. There you go. Or I get in a relationship and they're like, oh, it's like you're in my mind. Like you're reading, you know, my mind. (laughs) And I had a boyfriend one time, I threw a surprise birthday party for him and he had no clue. And he looked at me and he's like, I had no clue. And his look on his face was like, you could hide shit from me if you really wanted to, because I had no clue that you were even putting this together. <laughs> you know? That was the look on his face. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you're too good at this. <laughs> so, you know, you got somebody who can read your mind or somebody who starts speaking and it's stuff starts happening and they start freaking out. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just tend to do my own thing and I'm not even worried about men. And, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, and it's funny because I have a, a reputation of not being a very nice person and I cannot be a very nice person. And I will have um, men like father's rights will attack me and it, they lose and it makes them so mad that they're losing. But it's like you don't want to take somebody who has a mental health degree and try and <laughs> mentally manipulate them. Absolutely. That's kind of like the stupidest thing that you could absolutely do. Yeah. You know, and I people will tell me stuff. I file it away. Then I've got all these online, um, you know. Thing. So I were having conversation. I literally have screenshot stuff and put it on my Facebook page. And women are going on there privately messaging me, telling me all the stuff that this guy's doing. Tell me all about him. I'm coming back with him with stuff like he's like, how does she know this stuff about me? We're not even friends on Facebook, you know. But these women are all sitting here telling me all the stuff about him, and that I'm doing it back and using it against him. So it gets funny sometimes. Yeah. But, um, 
well, but you know, I mean, people but, people need that. That's a superpower. You know, people need that. Oh, I yeah, I believe yeah. in fighting for the little guy, and that's what you're doing. Yeah, and and you know, my thing is, if you're nice to me, I'm nice to you. But if you send me a dick picture, I'm gonna have your dick picture. I'm gonna have a picture of you. I'm gonna have it on a video. I'm gonna have your phone number out there. If you decide you're gonna call me, your phone number should be next to that. You know, and people are gonna be randomly calling you. And by, it's just not going to be pretty for you. By a billboard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't get, you know, people kind of know me, so I don't get dick pictures. It's very rare I get a dick picture. <laughs> I had somebody call me, said that we were friends on, on MeWe, and I had made an account and checked it out, and I knew I didn't have any friends on MeWe. I don't and then know he what went that on is. LinkedIn, and he found me. Oh, okay. it's like a social media. Then he went on LinkedIn, he found me on LinkedIn, then he called me. I'm like, this is my business line. He's like, oh, can I have your personal line? I'm like, no, I don't know you. Yeah. And then I told him I had a boyfriend, even though I didn't. And he's like, well, what if you found a guy who online who could, like, make you more happier? Ugh. I was like, are you serious right now? Like, really? Yeah. That, that's just so, it's like gag yeah. me. It's like, just give up, you know, just stop. You know, but unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, there are crazy. women, there are women who fall for that shit. Oh yeah, all the time. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get yeah, it either. It's amazing. Yeah, I. I just. He would I, be like, I can't do my Facebook page anymore. This person's irritating me. That person's irritating me. I'm getting. To, it's like I don't have any of that issue because <laughs> they know I will screenshot it. <laughs> I will have it all over the internet. That's you know, awesome. and I've got. I don't know. What do I got? Fifteen websites or something? Blogs and stuff. <laughs> I'll put it on fifteen blogs. My nature. That's what I got to do. So. Yeah. But it is a. Put it as like a, a, a side link of America's Most Unwanted or something. <laughs> that would be a good one. I can hook up America's Most Wanted like logo and put that all on there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Then just yeah, change it up. So, but uh, well, hey, uh, Dina, this has been fun. Um, I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google that thing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I might eat lunch. Should I eat lunch after? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm genuinely nervous to, to even Google it. But um, uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate the talk. This was very, very enlightening. I d- had no idea there was this level of corruption. And I think my listeners oh, yeah. are going to are going to feel the same way. So, um, yeah, let's. Uh, so it's it's Art Sulk, A-R-T-S-O-O-L-K dot com. All your resources are there. The resource for the. For the, uh, 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 the, the youth, um, I love that, uh, uh, so unloved in custody, I die every day. That's very, very, mm-hmm. very deep. So, um, I will, uh, yeah, we'll get that out there. And, and again, I appreciate you coming on. All right. Well, thank you. It was nice talking to you. You have a great day. Hey, you too. Take care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Mm, bye. And that was my talk with Deanna Klustra. It was very eye-opening. It was something that, again, I wasn't aware of. It was really going on to the extent that it's happening. Um, if you want to find out more information, go to her website. It's got all the resources we talked about. It's A-R-T-S-O-O-L-K.com. It's just her her last name, Clooster, backwards. Uh, and, yeah, check it out. See what information you can have there. Pass along to people who can use that information. Uh, and in the meantime... Have yourself a good day, have yourself a good life, and stay safe. And again, don't be a dick.